Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Average Intelligence News. Our first headline of the night. First of all, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. I know that not everyone is celebrating today, but for those of you that are, congratulations. And <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, unfortunately, I'm unable to celebrate mine today because of obligations. But tomorrow, V Day plus one, we're going to dinner. But that means you and I get to spend time together tonight. As usual on the show, I apologize in advance. But our first headline of the night, former Biden family business associate says Joe Biden was, quote, the family business. Tony Bobulinski testified to the House Oversight Committee today in a closed-door hearing. Quote, Bobulinski was quoted as saying, the Biden family business was Joe Biden, period. Joe Biden was more than a participant in, I'm sorry, Joe Biden was more than a participant in and beneficiary of his family's business. He was an enabler, despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain plausible deniability. For some context, some additional context, uh, Tony Bobulinski founded the investment firm Sinohawk Holdings with Hunter and James Biden back in 2017. They later enacted a joint venture with the private banking company CEFC China Energy, which, as you may have guessed, is a company based and operated in China. Both Bobulinski and another former business associate, Rob Walker, previously testified that Joe Biden attended several meetings regarding the CEFC deal, including one in 2017 with CEFC's chairman. It is worth noting that during 2017, Biden was no longer serving as vice president of the United States after January, and therefore is probably why he was able to attend this meeting in person. However, I want us to put our thinking caps on for a moment. I don't have a thinking cap, so I'll use this cap to substitute for my thinking cap. If Joe Biden attended a meeting in 2017 in regards to his son business, in regards to his son's business, I apologize. That seems awfully random to only be involved in one meeting. And for what purpose, I would wonder, because presumably if he was not involved in the businesses up to at the time, up to that time, at the time and later, why would he have attended one meeting? And to be fair, this is only testimony from Bob Alinsky. Um, he says he was there. I'm not sure if they have physical evidence that he was in fact there, but Based on what I've seen and kind of what I've inferred from context, I believe, I believe, personally, I believe that Joe Biden went to this meeting in 2017 because, yeah, exactly, so, so we're catching up. I believe Biden was personally at the meeting because he could be there and not raise too many eyebrows, um, even though... I mean, this is true for politicians in general, but there's a there's an obscene level of hubris, particularly on the left, and it's been there really since, I'd say, probably Obama's second term. When 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 Obama won his second term, there started to be this level of the left being untouchable, which is ironic because you would think after Trump won in 2016, that would have been dialed back a notch, but no, it was not. So just some food for food for thought. Left-leaning sources mainly painted Bobulinski's testimony as uncredible. In fact, a new republic with a strong left-leaning bias, according to All Sides News, which is where we get the bulk 
of our headlines from quotes that uh, is quoted. I'm quoting from that article in the New Republic. Quote, Republicans, the headline was Republicans star Hunter Biden witness has a very shady past. And the article goes on to say past transaction and ties to Trump world call his credibility into question. That is a quote. They actually referred to it as ties to Trump world. Your bias is showing. Um, the article goes on to list out many lawsuits that Bobulinski has been or is currently involved in, many of which did not go in his favor or have yet to be resolved. However, at no point did any of these did any of this information really address the root of the issue and Bobulinski's testimony, uh, which is that Biden was involved in private business deals alongside his son dealing with foreign nationals while serving as vice president of the United States and using the influence of his office to affect these deals and theoretically causing them to come to fruition in the first place. So I'm not sure what we all think on that. It'll be interesting to watch the, the sort of testimonies unfold. Um, I ultimately, I'm not sure if the truth will come out, but I do think it's going to be quite hilarious and, you know, 20, 30 years when all this comes to light because nobody cares anymore. Like, obviously, Joe Biden can't be prosecuted because in 20, 30 years he will not be around or likely not be around. Um, this is all going to come out eventually, and everybody's going to be like, I told you, but it's too late. It'll be too late then. Um, moving on, our second headline of the evening. House votes to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. House Republicans accuse Mayorkas of, quote, willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law in regard to immigration policy. Uh, the, impe the impeachment passed this time. They previously brought it up before, but they failed to get the vote in the House to uh, raise it to impeachment. But this time it passed by one vote, 214 to 213. It is worth noting, however, that while this impeachment will go to the Senate for trial, um, it's unlikely that it will go anywhere. As many Republicans, or I shouldn't say many, but some Republicans have suggested Mayorkas has a constitutional duty to, quote, and I quote, detain everyone, meaning that every single illegal crossing at the border need be detained. It is also worth noting that no administration in the history of the United States has ever detained every um, illegal border crossing, whether because of logistical issues or the fact that they just chose not to enforce it quite to the letter. Now, it is, I firmly believe it is true that Mayorkas is failing to enforce immigration law as it is written. They're doing a bunch of real loosey-goosey interpretations, except for now, because if you watched our previous Average Intelligence podcast episode, uh, the left is gaslighting you right now. I have the Biden administration, the Democrats, the media in general are gaslighting you because they're trying to get you to believe that the border crisis is Donald Trump's fault. They're saying this with a straight face. They're not joking. They're, they're actually wanting you to believe this. Um, but it is worth noting, Mayorkas is probably not going to be removed from office. And even if he were, there are many other Republicans that are saying, okay, so you get rid of Mayorkas. They're just going to put another, you know, left-leaning person because it's an appointed, it's a cabinet position. It's appointed by the president. Like, 
this is a waste of time. This is, you know, removing Kevin McCarthy all over again. I have a feeling Matt Gates is involved in this somehow, some way. Uh, our next headline, this one's just funny and topical. Uh, anyway, the next headline. I'm sorry, I lost the chat there. Rideshare delivery drivers plan Valentine's Day strike. <laughs> of course, because we're super professional here at Average Intelligence News. What do, what do professional newscasters do if they have to sneeze? I don't think I've ever seen somebody sneeze. I'm sure I have. I'm just not remembering. But anyway, and it is quite funny because below this headline, it talks about how it might ruin your Valentine's Day plans. And then it goes on to explain what actually happened, which this this is just this is just silly. Thousands of drivers from companies like Uber, Lyft, and DoorDash allegedly plan to go on strike for two hours on Valentine's Day. I actually don't know if this happened. Um, headline was from this morning. I have yet to see the results of this, but I have a prediction. So if I'm wrong, let me know in the comments. The strike was planned to take place between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. So you may have had to go get your own lunch. It's not going to affect Valentine's Day plans at all. It ended at 1 p.m. And for two hours, they took a long lunch today? Okay. Uh, between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. local time today in cities such as Austin, Chicago, Miami, Newark, Orlando, Philadelphia, Tampa, um, and many, many others. A statement from Justice for App Workers said, quote, We're sick of working 80 hours a week just to make ends meet being constantly scared for our safety and worrying about being deactivated with the click of a button. Well, I have an idea for you. Maybe you should do something else. Just a thought. No one is, and see, and this is where the heat's going to come at me and people are just going to be like, well, you don't know their situation. You know what? No, I don't. But I know, I know people who DoorDash and I know people who've driven for Uber and they all have one thing in common. If they didn't like it, they quit. They did something else. In fact, my co-host DoorDashes for the bulk of his income and he actually really, really likes it. It's about figuring out the system and figuring out the locations and areas that work for you. If you're scared of working for Uber, Lyft, or DoorDash, don't do it in those areas. It's, it's not complicated. It really isn't. And let's be real here. What exactly did you think this strike, because I, I say strike in air quotes because it was two hours, what did you think this was going to accomplish? If there hadn't been a headline, nobody would have been aware of this. Nobody. And here's another fact. You're not in a union. You're all independent contractors. So somebody else took your money because you were stupid. And you thought you were going to stand up. Whatever. You're all independent contractors. So, yeah, all you people that sat out for two hours, which, first of all, you made no impact whatsoever. And even if you did, okay, it was two hours. You're not affecting Valentine's Day plan at all. In fact, I'm going to take it a step further. You know why they didn't strike all day? Because they wanted the money. Everyone involved in this so-called strike still wanted the money. So it can't be that bad. So I, I'm curious. I want to know if anything actually happened from this. I would be very curious to find out if the strike impacted 
the world in any way, shape, or form at all. Um, my guess is, if I were a betting man, Vegas odds, I would say it accomplished absolutely nothing, and um, nobody cared. And our next headline. Yale could reinstate SAT requirement. Latest Ivy League to do so. And this particular story was from Forbes. I found a news article. I found an article in the All Sides app, but it was from a publication that you have to subscribe to. So I did a Google search for the headline and found the same story in another publication. Uh, Yale and over a thousand other colleges stopped requiring applicants to submit SAT ACT scores in June 2020 in response to the pandemic. Yeah, right. No, in fact, um, Ben Shapiro actually did a story on this and I read it somewhere else. I can't remember the poem. It was some time ago. It was around the time they did it. And <laughs> there, there was a lot of talk of, of it being based around racial equality because apparently, and I can't say this, I haven't seen the studies, but apparently uh, black students tend to score lower on the SAT and ACT than other, you know, ethnic groups. Um, that's kind of neither here nor there. So uh, they got rid of it and they used COVID as an excuse. Like they did a great many things. Um, but <laughs> what they're finding is that it turns out that these kinds of tests are actually really good indicators of whether someone will be successful or not in a collegiate, you know, school environment. Hmm, fun fact, and I believe Ben Ben made the point that, gee, who would have thought, and the reason that you cannot necessarily, which I didn't know this, but it's a good point, the reason you can't necessarily rely on high school grades is because some kids are really, really smart, but they go to crappy schools, and their grades may be a reflection of their poor quality teachers, or subpar, you know, facilities, or even subpar testing, or all all kinds of factors and unfortunately it's rarer than it would be pretty rare but there is such thing as teacher vendettas so although probably not so much anymore because now they probably just pass you to get rid of you but i digress mit and dartmouth were among the first notable universities to reverse the quote test optional policy uh, citing an analysis of faculty research that indicated high school grades and such test scores are, quote, are the most reliable indicators for success at Dartmouth. So imagine that. I find it like the irony is not lost on me that a college actually, a university of repute did research to figure out, they, they, they had to do research. They couldn't just come up with it on their own. They had to actually do research as to what the best indicators of academic success are. Who'd have thought testing and grades? I, I never, the education system in this country never ceases to amaze me at any level. And it's also worth noting, so let's hypothesize and say that it is in fact true that just statistically speaking, certain minority groups perform um, less, less, uh, less well on these sorts of tests. You don't have to take an SAT or ACT to get into a four-year university. Now, granted, it is probably a requirement at an Ivy League school. But at that point, if you have low test scores, you're not getting in, period. So it's kind of a moot point. Um, but, you know, I'm a big fan of the strategy for, like, normal people is it's just a money saving. Just go to a junior college for two years and transfer. Most states, I believe, I know that my state has a rule where pretty much every junior college 
credit will transfer to, I think, most four-year universities. In fact, I don't, I don't think it's a law, but I, there's a, many, many schools that have dual enrollment. And I believe there are, there are certainly states where it is the law, where all of your college credits from a junior college have to transfer over to a four-year university in that state. So it is, you know, kind of a moot point. But I just found this particular headline funny. And now it is time for our headline game. Tonight's headlines are going to come from CNN and Daily Wire. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, the headline game is I open up a news app and I just read the top headline, skim the article a bit, and we compare what the top story is between two different news outlets. So first, CNN. Let's load it up. All right. Actually, you know what? Tonight, the top headline will probably be the same. The top headline at CNN, at least one killed in shooting after Super Bowl parade. Let's see. And this is an ongoing story. I, I saw something about uh, some people uh, tackling the gunmen. Uh, one person has died after a shooting at the end of the celebration Wednesday for the Super Bowl winning Chiefs in Kansas City, Missouri, according to the police chief. At least 22 people had gunshot injuries, the police chief said in a news conference. Police said two armed people were taken into custody. An estimated 1 million people were in downtown downtown Kansas City celebrating their team's back-to-back championship. And the area where the shooting took place was steps away from where the Chiefs held a victory rally for thousands of fans after the parade took place. Uh, It appears, unfortunately, some of the victims were children. As of two minutes ago, uh, the police have detained three people as the investigation t- continues. A video has circulated which shows, quote, some fans tackling someone. Um, it was said at a news conference by the police chief. And the authorities are apparently still working to identify uh, the deceased victim. So that is an ongoing story you can follow on CNN. And now we're going to transition over to Daily Wire. And I am pretty certain the top headline will be the same. But we're opening up Daily Wire. No. Okay, so this is another breaking news story. The top headline... Well, your bias is showing... The top headline on Daily Wire, top Republican urges Biden to declassify new intel on, quote, destabilizing foreign foreign military capability. House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner, Republican from Ohio, released a statement on Wednesday calling for President Joe Biden to immediately declassify newly discovered information about, quote, destabilizing military capability from a hostile foreign power. Uh, Turner said in a message to House members that the Intelligence Committee, quote, has identified an urgent matter with regard to a destabilizing foreign military capability that should be known by all congressional policymakers. He said in a subsequent statement, quote, serious national security threat. He wants Biden to, quote, declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. CNN reported that multiple sources have identified indicated that the intelligence is, quote, very serious. So this is also an ongoing story. And it just goes on to give some more details of how the message uh, came to be. 
Well, there you have it. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode of Average Intelligence News. I know this one was a little bit shorter, but we do actually want to try to keep them to about, we want to keep them under an hour, definitely try to keep them under 30 minutes. So hopefully you enjoyed those headlines. Let us know your opinions in the comments. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe and follow us and make sure you check out this Sunday's Average Intelligence podcast where we bite back against YouTube for removing yet another one of our videos for no good reason. And we just critique their censorship again and again. Marvelous, marvelous. It'll be a lot of fun. Anyway, we will see you on Sunday. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. I don't know why I saluted you. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day and be safe out there because, you know, your Uber drivers might be